0: In this series of podcasts, your legal team at Dawson Heart Solicitors will demonstrate how they provide a comprehensive legal service across a wide range of matters with their usual personal and approachable touch. We are here for your family, your business and you. Welcome to Dawson Heart.
1: I'm Paul Harvey and welcome to the Talking Law series of podcasts with Dawson Heart Solicitors. And today we're covering the issue of the guide to commercial leases for tenants and i'm with andrew Rani today andrew welcome thank you thank you paul good to have you on board could you please just describe what you do with dawson hart before we embark on the topic
0: yeah certainly i'm a, a director at dawson hart i head up the property department so that covers residential property and commercial property uh, my day-to-day caseload tends to be mainly commercial whether that's as we're talking about today commercial leases or freehold property development land uh, anything that doesn't fit into that nice sort of neat category of conveyancing i'm moving house uh, so it can be you know, if you're selling a bit of garden land you'd be talking to someone like me if you're you've got uk power coming along trying to put a, a cable through your land you'd be talking to someone like me
1: so andrew we have created a podcast uh, about the guide to commercial leases for landlords and now this is going to be about tenants so What are you leasing? As you say, we've spoken about
0: this from a landlord perspective. Now to speak about it from a tenant perspective, it's a lot of the same questions, but it's sort of two sides of the same coin a lot of the time. You've got to think about it in completely different viewpoint as a tenant. So the question, what are you leasing? It seems fairly straightforward. So, you know, you're a business owner, uh, you found the premises you want to set up your business in, you think that's it, but okay, it's on an industrial estate. Does it come with car parking? Do you own the loading area or do you just have rights over it? It's high street premises. There's a flat above, so you don't have the entire building. Where are the dividing lines between what you're responsible for and what the rest of the building's responsible for? Is there a bin area? Is that communal or is that just yours? So it's really important to think about what you're actually getting because you're going to be responsible for that uh, and you need to be sure that you can operate your business in that so if there is a loading area and it's not entirely yours does anybody else control the access to at the times you can use it uh, i mean if you're leasing the entirety of a building the entirety of a structure it's quite straightforward but as soon as you get into any sort of shared space then it's it's a whole different ball game, and it's important to be really specific in the lease as to what is yours and what is not yours. So, you know, we we see wording ref- you know, relating to the main structure, the roof, the walls, the foundations, you know, doors and windows and their frames. Sounds like a silly one, but if you're in an office block, do you own the windows and the frames? the landlord will probably say that yes you, you're responsible for the glass so if some little oik puts a, a brick through a window you're responsible <laughs> for fixing that but they want the outside of their building to have a consistent look so you're not allowed to replace the windows or paint the frames uh, when it comes to the interior you may think well it's my wall i can put shelves up i can drill into it well no the lease might be incredibly specific and say that no you've got the decorative covering of the, that wall uh, but not the plaster so if you drill into it you're encroaching on the landlord's space and you you need his consent floor coverings you may want to you know put down laminate flooring uh, that's fine but do you have to take it up again at the end are you responsible for replacing what's there so it, it's really it sounds like a very silly question what are you leasing but the law makes it a very important question you've got to be very specific
1: seeking legal advice at this stage is obviously crucial I think absolutely (laughs) so how long will the lease be it's one of those how long is a piece of string type questions but it's
0: one everyone starts with so it depends what sort of tenant you are if you are a new startup business you're probably thinking well okay you know I've got this great idea I'm going to do this but let's be realistic not all businesses survive so do you want to sign a 15-year lease because you're then saying I'm responsible for paying the rent for 15 years you're probably going to be wanting, let's just test the water, two or three years maybe. But then actually what happens in two or three years time if your business is going great guns and you want to stay and the landlord says, well, no, you only signed three years. I've got somebody else uh, who wants to pay me more rent. So you're trying to get the right sort of balance. You need flexibility. You need the ability to make that quick exit if things aren't going right. But you also want the stability if things are. So landlords will be coming at it from the point of view of, they just want an income stream. That's all you are to them in the nicest possible way. You're that you're the money, so they're going to want to sign you up for as long a period as possible. Uh, they only have to pay their legal fees once, and you know you produce income for them for twenty years. That would be lovely. So there's usually a compromise to be made somewhere. So you know we see leases for two or three years in some circumstances, but generally they're in the sort of five, seven, ten year range. But if you are signing up to that sort of what you'd consider a longer term, look for a break option. That's the ability to say, well, I signed for 10 years, but it's been five years. I'd like to get out now, please. Usually we see fixed break dates. So you will agree a five year break option in a 10 year lease. Occasionally you can get one that sort of a, at the end of every year, I can reconsider and get out if I want to, but you'd be very lucky if you get one of those even rarer we sometimes see them on notice so at any point you can just say here's six months notice i want to get out sometimes a landlord will ask for a break option try and resist that because obviously that's something then that's immediately out of your control that could completely disrupt your business but yet you're looking for that flexibility another uh, phrase you may hear bandied around is security of tenure Uh, It's a piece of legislation uh, from the government, bless them, uh, in the 1950s, but still going strong, that says if you are a business tenant, it's in the public interest that you should be able to stay in the premises when the lease ends. You should be able to have another lease. And landlords only have limited grounds on which they can object to you staying. So it puts you in a much stronger position because it effectively gives you that flexibility. You can sign a three-year lease, and with security of tenure, it means that at the end of the three years, you're entitled to another lease or you're entitled to walk away so that's an ideal thing if you can get that
1: let's talk about annual rent how much should
0: the annual rent be as a tenant you obviously want it as low as possible this is going to be the the bottom line for you i mean solicitors don't give advice specifically on how much is rent i mean it's a it's a commercial sort of valuation type decision uh, we often see that landlords are being advised by a surveyor you know their agent or what have you tenants often aren't so it is worth reaching out if you're a tenant and if you if you don't really have a frame of reference But I mean, even if it's just you know if you're looking at uh, premises on industrial estate walk around and ask some of the neighbors what they're paying uh, but you know do try and get some advice on that if you can ultimately it's worth what you're prepared to pay for it so if it's you know the prime location that you must have for your business you'll probably pay a bit more for it than if it's a bog standard lock-up unit on an industrial state where there's 20 on the market at the time you're looking so there's a bit of give and take on what the rent should be but there's always going to be a range and you're going to be pushing to be at the bottom of that range landlord's going to be pushing to be at the top of that range there are some things you can do to try and balance it a little bit if you know that you've got 20 grand's worth of fit out costs to spend in the first six months to make the premises as you want them try asking the landlord for a rent-free period yeah if you're not going to be able to open and trade on day one you don't really want to be paying rent on day one so Ask the landlord about that. If it's in disrepair because the previous tenant didn't repair it properly and you're going to have to fix some things, landlords will often market a property like that because there's no point them tarting it up if you're going to rip half of that out when you fit it out. So they will often market a property that's in a bit of a poor state. They're expecting you to haggle and ask for a rent free period because they know they'll have taken some money off the outgoing tenant to cover the disrepair. So they've got something in the budget for it. So ask and also watch out for rent reviews. So you're signing up to a particular rent for a 10-year lease, it will not stay at that level for the whole 10 years. Be prepared for the fact that the landlord would be pushing for rent reviews every two years, three years, five years. They will almost inevitably be upwards only rent reviews, so your rent never goes down. Uh, It's a way of trying to make sure it stays at market value, uh, market levels the whole time, but it's for the landlord's benefit, not yours, but look out for it because otherwise it can be a little bit of a surprise. Your business is motor along very nicely and suddenly you get hit for a, um, a rent increase. The landlord doesn't have completely free reign. We will always go through the lease and make sure there is a, a negotiation process to fix that new rent on any review. But ultimately, it comes down to much the same argument you have at the beginning of the lease. Uh, there will be a range of figures. The landlord will want to be at the top of that range. You'll want to be at the bottom and you'll
1: probably comprise somewhere in the middle. You mentioned about surprises. So um, what about these additional charges that could be applied? Oh, absolutely, yes. If you're seeing a property marketed, it'll have a sort of a
0: a rent figure in the the literature. So you know what roughly uh, you're going to be negotiating from. But don't forget all the other costs. You as the tenant are going to be responsible for everything else uh, that comes with that property business rates utilities and what we call legislative compliance so uh, asbestos assessments fire risk assessments the thing that tripped uh, people out several years ago is also the disability discrimination legislation you know, the cost of putting in ramps and, and disabled toilets and things that all got passed to the tenants you'll also be responsible for the the building's insurance you may not be paying that cost directly as and you don't get to arrange the insurance. So you don't get to go out and find the best price. The landlord will do that. They're not quite as keen to get the best price. They're looking to get the best cover uh, and you'll be responsible for covering that insurance. And will the landlord want to take any security Yes, that question will almost inevitably come up. Now, you can resist. So, again, it comes back to what sort of tenant you are. If you are that new startup business, then be prepared for the fact the landlord is going to be saying, Well, that's very nice. I'm, I'm really pleased for you. You've got this great idea and you think it's going to take over the world, but I'd like to see some security for that rent. So, I'd like you to put three months, six months rent up front. Uh, so where you know if if you've rented a property in the residential market you might be paying a month or six weeks yeah do be prepared this could be three six months rent that you're being asked to put up Uh, if you've uh, on the advice of your accountant decided to set yourself up as a limited company uh, be prepared for the fact the landlord's again going to go well that's very nice for you and the tax man but i want a personal guarantee from you because you're the one that's going to make the money you're the one that's going to be able to pay me if the company doesn't do well so absolutely if, if you're a new business be prepared that's going to be pretty much inevitable the more established you are as a tenant try and resist you won't always be successful some landlords do not deal unless there is some form of security there Mm. but the more established you are the better references you can produce for previous from previous landlords for how how, what a good tenant you've been then uh, do try uh, and resist that but uh, the thing to remember is ultimately it is still your money Uh, The landlord may take it and have control of it, but it should come back to you at the end. If if you follow the letter of the lease, it will come back to you. It used to be a bit more significant, this, but the lease will also address who earns the interest on that money while it's in in, in an account. Obviously, Mm. interest doesn't really pay very much at the moment, but uh, it's one to think about.
1: Okay, and um, responsibility for repairing the property. How does that tenant stand on that?
0: I think the, the bottom line is the tenant pays Uh, there's sometimes a question over who actually does the repair but the bottom line is the tenant is going to be responsible um, for repairing maintaining decorating so again it perhaps comes down to this question of if you've taken the entire building from the landlord then they'll probably just pass the cost to you pass all the responsibility to wholesale if it's any sort of shared space then the landlord or agents they appoint on their behalf will do the work and then just cover the cost so just to be clear your sort of internal space you're going to be responsible for certainly the decoration but any you know the s- structural items or anything shared like communal space parking pretty landscaping bits etc um, the landlord will be charging you a share uh, of looking after all of that uh, different people operate different ways some of them it's completely ad hoc so something happens uh, that needs repair they do it and you'll get a bill others you'll see an annual budget and there'll be monthly or quarterly service charge invoices on an estimated basis and then there'll be a reckoning at the end of the year that can be challenging if you move out or join partway through a year but again there are ways of doing that one thing to sort of to think about when it comes to this question of you know the landlord repairing bits or you being responsible for repairing bits if you're taking an old property it's not going to be in a good state of repair and it's going to be very difficult for you to give it back in a good state of repair because it has to be you know you've got to reflect the age don't think however that there's anything automatic that says you don't have to give it back in any better condition than you took it on uh, there's nothing in there that says that and if unless we actually build something into the lease strictly speaking you are obliged to give it back perfect even if you took it over when it was awful condition so if you're concerned about that now sometimes the landlord will say well yes it was awful when you took it but i gave you six months rent free so you spent effectively my money for six months doing the place up so yes i do want it back perfect so there is a bit of give and take there but you know if there's something that concerns you i mean flat roofs are are a nightmare they have a limited lifespan you know that everyone does so if there's a flat roof and it happens to give while you are the tenant are you expecting to pay that cost If you're not, or you don't think that's fair, you've got to try and negotiate with the landlord before you sign the lease. One thing to think about is, should you be trying to get some sort of cap on your service charges? So let's say if you don't want an open-ended bill, uh, do you want to agree a certain amount in any rolling 12-month period? Tied into that idea of of excluding a particular item of disrepair think of the practical side of it though we sometimes see reference to schedules of condition so they're a great idea in that you sort of go round the building you sometimes employ a professional surveyor to do a proper job on it but sometimes you know, just go round, take a few pictures and kind of go look this was rubbish when i took it yeah this mortar was cracked uh, this brickwork was cracked this window was cracked these window frames were rotted and you go well that's grand so we'll build into the lease that you are not responsible for that for giving it back any better but, um a surveyor colleague once thought of it said to me, okay so you take a picture of the roof where there are 12 slipped tiles and go that's fine you don't have to give it back any better than that if at the end of the lease there are 20 slipped tiles, you've still got to pay someone to go up on the roof and fix eight, which will cost you just as much as fixing 20. So think of the the practical side of it as well but it is very valuable to give thought right at the outset what are you going to be responsible for what's the likely cost? And can I limit that in some way, shape, or form?
1: In terms of the can the property be altered or improved, what's your view on that?
0: Every tenant is going to be thinking about, you, know, you see a premises uh, and you go, well, yeah, excellent. I can run my business there, but I'm going to need to ABC, whatever that might be. So if you're setting up a restaurant, I'm going to want to put the, the, you know, the counter over there. I'm going to need to do these changes in the kitchen. I want one of those ones where the, you know, the, the rest of the, the kitchen is open to views. So I want to take that wall out. I want to do this. Excellent ideas talk to the landlord. The property still belongs to the landlord. You may be paying them a pretty penny for the right to be there. You may be responsible for the insurance, the maintenance, but it's still their property. So anything structural is generally sort of a no right from the off. But again, talk to the landlord. If they're convinced that it adds value, they may well go along with it. Minor non-structural works, Are generally going to be permitted so you're fitting out work if it's not major um, will probably be okay but always talk to your landlord every lease will have certain provisions on this and will be slightly different but the bottom line is always talk to the landlord because ultimately it's their property and if you want to alter it you're going to have to talk to them what you'll sometimes find is they'll say yep absolutely you can do that you can do that but i need you to put it all back again before uh, you give me the property back so you've just doubled your costs sometimes as well if it's an improvement the landlord will say well that's nice I'll let you do the works but you've got to leave it behind so if you put in air conditioning for example you've paid for the kit don't think you can take it back out again at the end Uh, if you've put an alarm system in or improved the the lighting you're not necessarily going to be able to take that out again at the end it's going to become part of the fabric of the building and it becomes part of the landlord's property and what can I use the property for how restricted am I as a tenant there's two answers to that question. The first one is what the landlord says, and the second one is then what the, the planning regime said. So with the planning regime, most people are familiar with the, the use classes, you know, A1 retail, B1 offices. They did all change in September 20. They've got different labels now, but predominantly the, the same uses are permitted. So you've got to consider that first, but then the landlord will have their own spin on it as well. Now, sometimes they're very relaxed and they sort of say, yeah, anything A1, that's all fine with me. Ask my consent if you want to change it, but yeah, generally do what you like. Others will be very specific. If you've got a landlord who owns uh, a row of shops, they may say, well, I don't want any alcohol sales here because I've already let uh, the one two doors down uh, as an off license. Yeah, I don't want another cafe here. I don't want Yeah, so that some of them will be very specific. There'll be general restrictions on what you can use it for. So almost all of them will say By the way, you can't live here as well. Uh, These are just commercial premises. Uh, Sometimes you'll see an exception for, say, a manager's flat above a pub or something like that. And they'll put other things in there about, you know, don't cause nuisance or annoyance to your neighbours. And that's one just so they don't get in trouble with their neighbours themselves. The landlord will exercise different levels of control depending on the type of building you're looking at. But always think about the, the government's planning legislation as well.
1: And as a tenant,
0: can I sell the lease? Yeah. So we talked about the term at the beginning. Yeah, You might have signed up for a 10-year term with a five-year break, but three years in, let, let's take the positive spin. Your business is going so well, you need to expand. Uh, so you need bigger premises. So what do you do with the rest of this lease? You've signed up for 10 years. You can't break the lease for another two years. What do you do? You can sell it with the landlord's consent. So they can say no. They're only allowed to say no in certain circumstances and generally sort of anybody reasonable you should be able to pass the lease on to be aware though there is a bit of a sting in the tail to that which is that anybody you sell the lease on to you have to guarantee that they will comply with the lease so you sell it on to joe blogs a year later joe blogs goes bust the landlord's going to come back knocking on your door and say that didn't work out so well you better take the lease back and you have to Uh, or pay quite a lot of money to get out of it so don't just think about selling it on to anybody just to get shot of it you need to think very carefully who you're passing it to all the same checks that the landlord did on you references securities things like that think about those in relation to that new owner because otherwise it comes back to bite you the other thing you can look at uh, is subletting so where you have a landlord of uh, that's a relationship of landlord and tenant at the moment you can create that relationship where you become the sub-landlord and you can have a sub-tenant. Now, some landlords are more relaxed about this approach because you're still on the hook directly. You are still the tenant. And if the sub-tenant doesn't pay you, you're still obliged to pay the landlord. It's not their problem. So it's it's ways uh, of dealing with it. You can always try asking the landlord if you can surrender the lease as well, but um, not many landlords will agree to that.
1: Thanks, Andrew. That's all very thorough. Is there anything else you want to add?
0: Yeah, I think just a, a general comment at the end that, as always, uh, this isn't sort of strict legal advice. It's just sort of information talking around the topic. We're always very happy to to talk to people. We don't sit there with a stopwatch and start charging you the moment you phone us. Uh, we'll always sort of have a, a, a free consultation, I think we're supposed to call it. And it's better doing that at an early stage because once you've agreed the heads of terms with the landlord... Uh, it can be quite difficult to get them changed. So before you fix everything with the landlord, do come and have a chat with somebody. Uh, If you visit our website, www.dawson-hart.co.uk, you can see details of myself and my colleague who always have to talk people before you commit yourself.
1: Thank you, Andrew, for a very thorough and insightful guide to commercial leases for tenants. This has been a Talking Law podcast and a series of podcasts with Dawson Hart Solicitors.
0: Make Dawson Hart Solicitors your first choice for legal services on matters that affect your family, your business, and you. Welcome to Dawson Hart. For more information, go to dawson-hart.co.uk. Information in this podcast does not constitute legal advice, and we therefore accept no liability.